and welcome to SES News today, 8th of May 1914. Little green man spotted in Texas by simple farm folk. Witches in Sardinia are on trial, having conned hordes of villages. Here's one for the mammies. The US Congress has officially made the second Sunday of May Mother's Day. And finally, hundreds have been counted dead in a mine explosion in West Virginia. That was the news as it was this week in 1914, May the 8th. Which means this is yesterday's news today. Where the news is better late than never. And I'm Shane. I'm Johnny. Welcome. Yes. I totally messed that up, sorry. <laughs> no, it was fine. I condensed it. Yeah. Um, do you, well, I, I'm going to jump in straight with something. Yeah, yeah, so go for it. Yeah. Just because this can't go unmentioned. This is a, an, an, this is an, an alien sighting. Oh, wow. Well, possibly this could be... I think, like at the time, this was probably reported as being like a, a gnome or some other folklore yeah, yeah. character, but I just came across this uh, late in research and stuff, so I thought I had to mention it. Uh, now this didn't, this report didn't actually come until nineteen seventy eight. Okay, um, but it happened in yeah. It was reported by this guy Lawrence Jones, and he was the grandson of the guy who witnessed. Yeah. This alien. And he reported this guy, uh, J. Allen Hynek, or to the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies in Chicago. This J. Allen Hynek was some, like, you know, he worked with, you know, Project, is it Project Blue Book? Is that the big? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah he worked on that and stuff. But, so, yeah, so he documented all these cases. And my voice just got way warmer there for some I reason. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so he reported it to this guy. So, uh, you know, we'll always start out with stuff I'm unsure of oh, whether yeah. they count for this week because this could because the one date is the f- it was the first week of May 1914, but then another report said or 1913 or maybe 1915 <laughs> 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 okay. because it's been. I think the grandson knows it happened in May, but he's not sure if his grandfather was 13, 14, or 15 when it happened. Oh yeah, okay, so, yeah. Um, but the first one I saw was 13, so we assume it. So at 10 in the morning at a farm in Texas, within about three miles of Farmsville, which is a, assume... Farmsville is a real place? (laughs) Um, I'm sure that sounds like a lot of cartoon characters would live there. Yeah, it sounds like Townsville from, uh, was it Powerpuff Girls? It's the town they live in. Oh, (laughs) It's really cl- I know, I've never actually seen a full pair of girls, but that's very. <laughs> well, wait, Farmsville isn't that is Farmville is the, the Facebook game, isn't it? Um, isn't that the one that was big oh, about three years ago? Is it Farmville? It's something like that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think this town is Farmersville, like Farmersville. I think I might be getting the name wrong. Um, yeah, I'm going to change it. I'm going to say it's Farmersville. I think even still, <laughs> but both are good. But anyway, so and this guy. Um, uh, what's his name actually I've written it down because it's a weird one Silby uh, Latham so Silby Latham aged either 12, 13 or 14 <laughs> yeah, um, okay. and his brother Sin Clyde were uh, chopping cotton for business uh, <laughs> and they heard they, they heard their dogs with them and they, they, oh the dogs this is just great names for dogs Fox and Bob <laughs> who, who calls dog Bob? Fox is kind of like if he kind of looked like a fox, maybe. Yeah, I get that. But like just Bob, 
<laughs> my last dog was called Ralph. Yeah, it's a good name for Ralph's a dog. a good, really good name for a dog. But Bob just. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Bob and Fox took off barking at something in the in the ditch, uh, the hedge for people that aren't Irish. Yeah, it's very Irish. The fact that a ditch is actually a hole. <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> Uh, in Ireland, we call hedges ditches for some reason, or at least in the country they do. Yeah, it sort of becomes all one. But anyway, um, so the dogs were barking at in, in an enclosure somewhere in the woods. And Clyde said, and this is a quote from the story, let's see what is going on with these animals. <laughs> they seem quite shaken. I love how <laughs> the, the idea of how people talked back then. <laughs> yeah. um, it's all fools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's completely yeah. Sorry, nonsense. <laughs> and so the dogs were about like 20 metres on the other side of uh, the wooden closure. And Clyde arrived first and spotted the dogs <laughs> and, you know, wanted to see what excited them. And the other two brothers weren't here at this stage. And he saw, and this is in his own words, uh, a small man that the dogs had cornered and who did not seem to react to their presence. And so Clyde called for his brothers and, and they saw what he saw. <laughs> the small man seemed like somebody who stopped for a halt. <laughs> <laughs> he looked in the direction of the north. He did not measure more than 45 centimetres and was, and was a kind of a dark green. He did not, <laughs> he did not wear clothes. <clears throat> all on him seemed made of rubber green colour including his hat wow. um, yeah the, this this hat was at the back of his head and was <laughs> described as a small sombrero it's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant and, and being sh- uh the kid's description was it was like this little green guy was actually wearing a green suit and the sombrero-like okay. head was a part of this suit. Okay. So if he was an alien, it's all his skin, his head's shaped like a sombrero, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, and he had like, yeah, his arms were like hung down to his feet almost. Um, so like an, like an ape. And... <laughs> When the three brothers or the the other two brothers arrived on the spot, the dogs just panicked and just ran for the little green man and shredded him to pieces. <laughs> oh <my> God, really? <laughs> leaving only red blood and internal organs and uh, of human appearance on the grass. <laughs> when he was asked why they had not prevented their dogs from doing that, Silby Latham stated, "We are only country folk." And we did not know what to do with all that. (laughs) (laughs) And we must have been too much surprised. She said, we must have been too much surprised. Wow. Um, So the three brothers just went back to work. Um, Going from time to time to see how the remainders of the creature was getting on on the grass. Um, And while the dogs just continued to play around with it and stuff. And you know, some time later in the day, they they're just but they forgot at this point for some reason they've just forgotten about their stuff. Back to work, and yeah. later in the day, they're chatting and they're like, you know, we should do something about that. So they went back to uh, gather the remains, and right. they had mysteriously vanished, yeah, eaten by several other animals. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> and yeah, and they told their parents and all, and nobody believed them. Yeah. But he continued this grand, this guy, uh, 
guy that reported it had said that his father, his grandfather, had told the story to his family. Never like two people outside of it. I don't know what. Okay, until yeah, after yeah. he died, that the grandson reported it in 1978. Wow, mad. That could have just been like just a traveling small person who got like covered in a load of like moss or something. The first thing the dogs I was thinking, him. like some. You know, the circus was in town. Yeah, and, yeah. And a midget performer had been, like, attacked by a gang-like and bullied or something. And was just and, running for his life. Yeah, yeah. And these dogs just... Ca- and then through the, the <laughs> eyes of a kid, it, the story yeah. goes nuts. Like, I'm yeah. sure it happened. If if this did happen at all. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, just... yeah. He might have even, like, had that weird appearance of him at all. He just had a kind of bulbous head typical in small people. And then just... Yeah, uh, yeah, they're like, oh, he's weird looking. Get him! <laughs> could have just <laughs> been wearing like a. a uh, he could have been like wearing a, a raincoat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a small part like a. Oh, I'm trying to think of a role in the circus. Oh yeah, like, he could have been wearing a his costume. Yeah, 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 he was just wearing a, a queen leotard. Like maybe he's dressed as a leprechaun in the circus or something. Like <laughs> which would actually probably what he'd be dressed in. Yeah, yeah. or even like, the, like we've talked about vaudeville shows. Yeah. on this quite a bit like and like the trip to the, the trip to the moon show like he <laughs> there could have been a, vo- a traveling vaudeville show and there was like some he might have actually been dressed as, as a little green man like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um right. or it could have just been oh, a little not, alien <laughs> it could have been an alien it could have been completely made up it could have been just Oh, where? Uh, yeah I guess it wouldn't have been it, was, it wasn't going to be some weird rap, reptile that they just Oh yeah, exaggerate. You know, a child's or their dogs killed another child, and then they're just like, "No, no, no, that was an alien." That's quite possible too. It was just <laughs> it was just the neighbor's kid. Like. <laughs> I imagine it's just made up. Though, yeah, like. it probably is. Just made but up I like it. I like the. Well, I don't like the idea that it was a little person. <laughs> it's just slaughtered by two, two yeah. wild dogs. Not wild dogs, but well, how would you react though if you uh, went to your backyard some morning? You see, essentially, see. E.T. Would you would, like? Okay. Yeah. You see a little green ma- green man in the woods. Yeah. And it doesn't look. It, it's just a little green man. Do, do you assume straight away? Ah, oh, this is a, a major performer who. Yeah. I know that's not the politically correct term. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's probably what I would first think. Is it's just someone dressed up. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably think it's a kid dressed up. Or I think I I'd go. I go up and go like. Are you lost, little boy? <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, though, like, I, I really don't believe in any of that stuff, I think in the moment, my first, my gut reaction would be <gasps> alien. Yeah, and yeah. then I'd be like, oh, "You're an yeah. idiot." Then you get rational. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's I. Well, I usually do that anyway. Like, if I, if I'm walking like downstairs and it's dark, I, in my head, I'm. What's the most messed up thing I could see climbing up the stairs now? Like, oh, yeah. you know, I always just like imagine like. The, the scariest thing some kind of creature growing yeah so if i saw a little green man even if it was like it's just going to be a little person in a green suit uh, my yeah, mind yeah. would make it the the most ridiculous oh, aspect yeah. first yeah yeah no i i'm quite imaginative i'd probably do the same thing that's kind of a more of a mad story that's just like did these kids just kill some guy <laughs> yeah like some drifter <laughs> <laughs> is that just how they remembered it What's 45 like, centimetres? Uh, that's yeah, about up to your waistline, essentially. No, not even. You're only half a, half a metre, so... 
you're like oh yeah that size it's that's <laughs> like thir- 30 centimeters is a foot so yeah it's like, 12 yeah, inches yeah. so you're not that much more than that so it couldn't even be a little person like it has to just be a child there's a was I'm, it primordial dwarfs are the smallest and they're yeah. they they start about that size i guess i'm going on the scenario that if it was a small person who he'd have been a performer in a circus and it had to be like these drunk hicks that yeah yeah and it i just think like even they have like a threshold where like they're not going to like, no. <laughs> forty centimeter person are probably gonna be like okay we won't we won't feed you to our dogs yeah. <laughs> but naive kids that's I guess yeah kids are they're simple country folk they describe themselves as that <laughs> I love that quote we were just simple country folk that's so funny but what do you have um I've one that sticking with uh well there's more supernatural than extraterrestrial right? right i think it is anyway right i'm gonna read you the so um this is a story i got from the daily telegraph from may 8th 1914 and it's tragedy at british museum sudden death of an ex-official uh-huh. okay so i'm not gonna read you the full article because it's boring to do that so there is to give you a great name his name is mr awk miller Right. So Mr. Miller Mr. Miller he uh, worked at the museum for 40 years um, he was born in 1840 and he was appointed as assistant to the department of printed books in 1870 and then he was promoted to an assistant keeper in 1896 and then he retired in February of 1914 but it was his habit that he still went and visited at the museum like three days a week for like <laughs> an hour or two to go around and chat to people and stuff like that because yeah. this is only uh, May, so he's only been retired a couple of weeks. Like, so obviously, just somebody didn't want to retire. So yeah, yeah. Like he worked there for over forty years, and he was just kind of. So he was a bit, a bit lost. What yeah, to do? Yeah. So on this particular day, um, there was was it uh, in the morning they were welcoming the king and queen in connection with uh, the opening of a new wing, and so there was a big kind of ceremony visit. So he went to all of that, put on his best clothes, went and visited all that kind of stuff. And then after the uh, Majesty's visit, he went to the books department where there was a private viewing of some rare books. Right. And at about half past four, he was suddenly seen to fall to the floor. Right. And the way it's described and stuff, it kind of gives you the impression that he was like on an upper level, like on a ladder. Right. Rather than just like standing on the ground level. So if you think of like, like an art book archive, so there's a couple of levels and they have ladders to get up to Mm. the books and all that kind of stuff. That he just suddenly fell down and there was a doctor called in and the doctor had a look and described that he was dead before he reached the floor. Can I, I, how does how does somebody make Determine that? that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, but they don't say, oh, he had a stroke or a heart attack or anything like that. That's like, that's the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So I think, right, over the 40 years he discovered some books that were probably oh, had something the necronomicon yeah well, yeah and maybe the reason he kept going in less fictional yeah and the reason he kept going back in was to check on them ah but then the books killed him <laughs> what do you think <laughs> that's my theory <laughs> going supernatural on i it. think that's because to me his death describes is quite supernatural but i can't think of a better one which it makes sense, like so he's probably forced to retire. Like somebody, yeah, somebody yeah. bought the museum. They had 
Well, he'd worked there for 40 years, so he was in his 60s, say. He was, what, born... But, I mean... 1840. So, yeah, he was... He was 74, so... <laughs> but, I mean, if he was coming there, like you said, three days a week, he obviously... Yeah. Had a reason. Yeah, yeah. Beyond So, that. I assume if he still wanted to come, he was probably forced out anyway, because he was, like, the protector of the books. Maybe there was one secret one. Yeah. He had a hidden there. What do you think? <laughs> the, the words trapped within the book were... You know, maybe he spent the last 40 years translating it and he finally reached the translation that was like, you know, the death curse or something. Yeah, or even it wasn't like the book might not have necessarily killed him. Like, but when he finally finished the translation, it was so shocking what it meant. Yeah, that yeah. he just died of fright. Yeah, that's yeah, that's more realistic <laughs> than a magic book. <laughs> but yeah, the, wor- the words contained within the book were so shocking like actually revealed him. how man was birthed yeah, and yeah it was something like lovecraftian yeah yeah i like that <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing film <laughs> it's funny i didn't take the notes of it because i was like i know we'll probably have enough for 1914 but there was a it wasn't really a, a story i just knew alistair crowley around this oh, time yeah. in 1914 there was a lot of stuff with him so I went look and I was like, okay, if I don't find anything else, that would be oh, a yeah. good segment. We could have brought them together. If Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to think it was a heart attack brought on by shock of what he read in a book. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the King in Yellow, like the play in yeah, the book, yeah. that when you see the play, you go mad and die. Oh, yeah. Or like staring into Cthulhu's eyes. So, yeah, it could be yeah. like, let's just imagine it's a book like that. What was his name again? A.W.K. Miller. That's what his name is given us. I mean, you're really like just kind of taking the piss to have that many initials in your know, name. Yeah. <laughs> What's your middle name? Uh, Matthew. S M Collier. Yeah. That sounds good. S M C. That's me. What do you, you know? If you're oh, you're 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 John E Daly, aren't you? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good. Why think, that's why I have you as my phone. Just John E Daly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be we good. Call you Johnny. It's a good writer's name. It is. Uh, yeah. It's good. Or a pretentious film director, like. If you're only going to make, I don't know, horror about librarians who die from reading something. Like more like some French film about a sex addict or something. That sounds like it'd be directed by some guy <laughs> called J- John E. Daly. <laughs> or some really boring epic from the 70s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other good stories that you found? Um, I've one long thing, which was um, on May 8th, 1914. Oh, right on the day. Uh, yeah, right on the day as well. The US Congress passed a law designating the second Sunday in May to be Mother's Day. And it's interesting because I had seen this yeah. and I thought, well, that's wrong because Mother's Day was months ago. Yeah. And then, of course. Yeah. Well, OK. On May 9th, President Woodrow Wilson issued a proclamation declaring that the first Mother's Day as a day uh, for American citizens to show the flag in honor of those mothers whose sons had died in war. Now, I have stuff about the origins of Mother's Day. To answer your question, which is actually all the way down the very end (laughs) of my notes, I'm just going to go there. Because any American listeners will have heard what I just said and be like, what's he talking about? Yeah, yeah. so in Ireland, we have Mother's Day in Ireland is always the fourth Sunday of Lent, or Lent, whatever way you pronounce it. So it changes date every year depending on what day is Easter Sunday. Mm. Because it's 40 days before Easter Sunday and then the fourth Sunday from there. And that originated from a tradition of what was a Mothering Sunday. A Mothering Sunday is a celebration by 
uh, it's a Christian celebration, so Catholics, Protestants, where they celebrate their mother church. So say the cathedral, that's the mother church to the surrounding churches. And, but it became more associated as a day for mothers after the American one was introduced. Oh, okay. So, the so American... it was just a religious celebration where you celebrated your mother church. Right. But it was then the, it became known as, oh, it's Mother's Day. And then people started celebrating. And then in America, they were like, oh, it's a day for mothers. And so even though, so our, our Mother's Day was like 15th of March or something. Yeah. Where yeah. there is like in America, it's typically around the 8th, 10th of May, depending whatever is the second Sunday. Yeah. yeah. But again, it, it is seeped in religion and stuff as well. The earliest kind of groups were church groups celebrating Mother's Day as far back as the 1870s. And they did it as it was more kind of local and a couple of church groups and stuff. And loads of, it was usually pushed by kind of these like peace groups and stuff like that. And it often died out when like whoever was pushing it died. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of like if you think of like a local community, like a local village, there was like one person was like, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day and celebrate mothers. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And then they die. They're like, oh, we don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of went on for a couple of years. And then uh, it was first attempted to be established um, in the US by women's peace groups. And this spawned from, it was, uh, these peace groups used to get together from, and they were mothers of men who were killed on both sides of the Civil War. And they used to, like, basically have, like, church meetings, almost like uh, self, what I'm thinking of, uh, like, group therapy kind of thing. Of like, oh, I lost my son in the war, I lost my son in the war. So then they thought, oh, we must have a day to remember the mothers who lost their sons. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where it kind of started off. Um, So it wasn't until, it was, what, sorry, in 1868, there was Anne Jarvis. uh, And she created a committee to establish a Mother's Day Friendship Day. And this was, again, to do with, what is it, the quote is, her, her aim was, her words are, to reunite families that had been divided during the Civil War. Is what they were trying to organize. Oh, okay. And she had organized a Mother's Day work clubs and they were specifically uh, mothers of soldiers who died. And they went into the camps of unions and confederates to try and improve um, sanitation and health and stuff like that in the camps. Because there was, especially the camps that had, uh, there was like, uh, was it typhoid outbreaks? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of those camps, the soldiers weren't fighting at all. So they'd go in and like clean up basically and... So they were like we're mothers of soldiers and they go clean up and they didn't care what side they were on they were on either like they went into union camps they went into confederate camps it didn't matter yeah yeah for them they were just trying to save lives like, yeah, like yeah. so that's what they're kind of started um and then she tried to expand it into an annual memorial for mothers but she died in 1905 and the back of the thing is like it would have so it never really became popular and that kind of stuff yeah it was just these kind of charity groups but her daughter <clears throat> Anna Jarvis, so she's Anne Jarvis, her daughter was Anna. Hmm. Anna Jarvis um, carried on the work, and three years later in 1908, Anna held a big memorial ceremony uh, to honour her mother and the other mothers and the work they'd done in the camps. Um, And this is at uh, the Andrews uh, Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia, which is now to this day called the International Mother's Day Shrine. (laughs) Um, and it was renamed in the 30s to to the Mother's Day Shrine Um, so on May 10th 1908 it became known as the first official uh, observance of Mother's Day Um, and then she like 
uh, Anna Jarvis spent years campa- campaigning to make then Mother's Day a national holiday, forming, <laughs> you're going to love this, the MDIA, which stands for Mother's Day International Association. <laughs> I just thought it's really fun. So the MDIA, they got together and they were like a group. So they were celebrating it every year through this uh to Andrew's Episcopal Church in Virginia and they are in West Virginia sorry and they like wrote loads of letters to other church groups to business executives and politicians and all that kind of stuff and eventually then uh, on May 10th in 1913 so last year in podcast world (laughs) they got a the US House of Representatives to pass a resolution calling on all government officials from the president and then all his men and everyone other and they all wore uh, white carnations on their lapel of their jackets and stuff in observance of Mother's Day because at the first one in uh, Andrew's church they uh, they had like loads of white carnations everywhere and that was just whatever they did for that so it kind of became the recognised symbol of Mother's Day and then so a year later then it was uh, which is this year it was passed as a national day of observance so it became a proper like holiday thing right there you go that's (laughs) actually a very interesting origin of it that I I never knew but yeah so over here it started as a as I was saying yeah the fourth Sunday of Lent and it was to celebrate the cathedral yeah. but then the kind of two mixed together so we still celebrate it as the fourth sunday of lent but it's no longer a celebration of your local cathedral it's yeah. mother's day <laughs> and the american origin of it is so much better like that's a really yeah. good that's actually because like a lot of the people would talk about like you know mother's day and that as being like you know, hallmark holidays but yeah, yeah. Well, i guess not because the american one that's like that's something that should be celebrated <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's all it's, it's basically celebrating these women who looked after soldiers from yeah. typhoid camps <laughs> during the civil war it's kind of where it came from but they had started before that it's all about uh you know grieving mothers and yeah, yeah. Stuff. it's interesting yeah no it's good very good so what have you got <laughs> well it's funny i guess i can make we can i'm trying to i was trying to as you were talking i was like can i find a link here okay i've got a story about witches oh, okay <laughs> Now the story isn't very good, but it's like I like we we just an excuse to talk about witches, witches. <laughs> <laughs> like we did with buried alive. So the link I was looking for is that something celebrating women, where it's like witch trials and witch hunts or something. Oh yeah, that was an excuse to torment women. But the story I have this is uh, witches in Sardinia. I'll read it. Well, first of all, Sardinia is a, a large island in the Mediterranean Sea. But for those who don't know, <laughs> for yeah <laughs> but like and there's a history of well more like witchcraft but what what we would call more of shamanism and stuff there. Okay, yes. um but the story it's funny because the first one i came across w- was essentially the same story that i'm about to read but leaving out a lot of key elements because oh, okay, they're doing yeah. that thing to we know this is bs but we want to make it sound as legitimate as possible not legit no no we know that when okay i'll actually i'll read the story first and then i'll talk about how others phrase it so the modern witch amazing story of fraud duping the villagers 
So this is by the Telegraph. Rome, May 2nd. Amazing stories of witchcraft were told in Cesare. Uh, it's in Sardinia. During the trial of several women on charges of fraud. Rose Artita, or Artia, known as the Saint of Cesare, was fined £230 and sentenced to five years imprisonment. Five female uh, accomplices received, received lesser terms. Evidence was given that the cinematograph, which was previously unknown at St. Brie, was used in a dark cave to swindle the villagers. Hundreds of pounds were received for pretended apparitions of dead relatives. It's such a weird set for pretended apparitions. <laughs> um, other villagers gave money uh, to avert calamities by means of Rose's prayers. Demons of the mountains. At an earlier stage of the trial, evidence was given of the existence of a witch's league, professing to possess mystical powers, enabling the members to locate hidden <laughs> hidden treasure and summon spirits from the dead. A, <laughs> <laughs> a hundred dupes parted with thousands. Many immigrants who had uh, returned from America were despoiled of their savings the prisoners refused all legal aid saying that heaven was sending saint thomas and saint augustine to defend them <laughs> so <laughs> there was these what three four or sorry how many women was it i think six okay trialed, yeah. but it seems there was others too so there's a bunch of women who are really clever that's yeah and then there's a village full of idiots <laughs> and they made money off the idiots and their superstitions <laughs> that is essentially how it sounds yeah to the paper the good old new york times oh yeah <laughs> this was the first one i came across and they report the same story i don't know if it's worth reading it completely because it's a longer version but basically, because we heard like on uh, Bobby Dunbar when we were doing that, where we had the New York Times published like a oh, ridiculous yeah. story about him being killed. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> the New York Times had an article very similar to that. And they talk about the trial and they talk about them being fined and looking at prison and all this. But yeah. nowhere do they use, they don't say that it was fraud. The story is about them being punished for conning the villagers. Oh, yeah, yeah, not for... But... The New York Times don't actually say that. They don't say they were trialed for being witches either. But they try <laughs> and say it. They just say it so vaguely in the hopes that people will read it to believe in they were witches. Oh, yeah. Without ha where they be well, technically, we never said the we didn't lie. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they left out the truth. <laughs> and it's just like, like, it's amazing how, like, all the stuff I see from the New York Times was just nonsense. Uh, at the time yeah. yeah well i don't read the new york times but there is like because there is like a huge a long long history of of witchcraft on that island and you know there's still there's a, a prison there that's now a museum for it so i guess it's easy for them to believe it in places like that yeah but it's just a fantastic story of just conning people oh yeah and i love the idea like the fact that they're in a cage and just were like they were just projecting images of like dead relatives on the cage. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Like that, those old tricks. Yeah, but I like the just the whole idea of witchcraft being taken seriously is just really funny throughout history. Yeah, it's but when you get into have you stuff on witch trials there or anything? Mm. Well, just sort of general, like the history of it. 
Yeah. But like you know, you were gonna say. No, something. like I, I remember doing um when I went to Edinburgh, and I did a tour, and I did one of those like bus tours or something. Like that. I can't. I think yeah, it was yeah, a bus yeah. tour, and they're talking about how in in Edinburgh, right in the middle of Edinburgh, if you know Edinburgh at all, it's there's all the old like real gothic buildings. Yeah. And yeah. then there's what was the lake or the river, and then the other side is the more modern side. Now the modern side still has buildings that were built in like the 1500s and stuff, but that's the modern side. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. But in more recent years, like in the last, say, century, they drained and redirected the river and then turned it into, like, a park. But when they drained the river, they found thousands and thousands of remains of women who'd all gone through witch trials. Yeah. Right. Like, thousands of them. So many of them. And there was, like, there was loads of archive documents and stuff like that that went back explaining that they had this thing that if you were a witch, you'd float on water. So what they did was they... Took women who were suspected of being a witch, did the old like tie a boulder to their feet, and if they floated, they were a witch, and if they sank and drowned, oh, they must have been innocent. <laughs> and that was kind of the way it was done. Uh, so, is that definitely true on the thousands though? Could have been hundreds. I'd I'm s- trying to remember. I'd I say. think that would have been hundreds, because like it was a lot anyway. Really, like very few people were actually executed the way we, we've seen in movies especially in those like it, it's different burning, burning at the stake and all that kind of stuff yeah like burning at the stake was really rare like yeah. in fact well like there probably wasn't any witches burnt at the stake oh right okay there just in gen- game of thrones <laughs> just in game of thrones <laughs> they were generally hung like yeah yeah which would have been um, classic way of killing people well like you gotta think like did across europe there was like 50,000 in total <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> executed okay. for being a witch man you're gonna a lot of work to to burn every, each one of them <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you'd be literally like you would have to employ people just to to build the the pyre every day like yeah um they would just hang them but not like and there was loads of kids loads of kids throughout england that's like a lot of people when you talk about witch trials i had a conversation not too long ago with somebody like yeah, but you know, it wasn't actually that much, and it was only really America. Like, America killed very few people <laughs> when it yeah, comes yeah. down to it. Like, oh, the Salem right. witch trials are the big, the, the famous one, but like, England has so much more blood oh, on yeah, their hands. And, and Europe, like, like all like France Normandy, and Germany. Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Ireland has quite a lot too. The only difference is, like, it's, it's all witch trials, but in Ireland, you had a lot of like women who were uh, or pagan like, or. No, not even pagan, but like uh, just just stupid Irish people being like, oh, they're away with the fairies, like to have a fairy curse on them. Oh, yeah. And they would burn them. One of the last people to be burnt, no, it wasn't like, it wasn't an official trial. It was like her husband and maybe villagers from the town. But this guy, and I think it was like Lucan, somewhere just outside Dublin, yeah. burnt their wife for being in league with the fairies in like... 1899 <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe yeah. even a little later yeah so still like 300 years after the salem witch trials, yeah, yeah there was still people being killed in the rest of the world yeah, yeah. I, I just just to explain to people not from ireland away with the fairies is an expression of saying somebody who's just a bit mad a bit odd yeah. a bit but back in the time it didn't back in the time it literally people thought it was fairies living in the woods yeah yeah and <laughs> Yeah, now it's but, but like the, the it, expression it, is like uh, he's away with the fairies. But became, to him, kind but of like. became an expression because people used to actually believe in it. Yeah, yeah, which is just sad. But but that is interesting. Yeah, just the fact that they drained a lake and found all these bodies. Either way, <laughs> that's crazy. Like the Simpsons. Simpsons did it. Oh yeah, remember there where Marge was a witch in like the treehouse. 
oh. horror episode where it was like the test and it said that thing the test was to they throw her off a cliff on a broom oh yeah and if she flies it proves she's a witch yeah. and then she'd come back and be burnt but if she falls then they sent her into god's loving arms oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> some kind of idea. well do you want to just talk about which like the history of witchcraft yeah, for, yeah, go for it. Yeah, or witchcraft. It it's weird, like the history of witchcraft, but it's the history of witch trials or yeah. stupid. I, I don't know. Anyway. What did, what, okay, yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, sir. No, I was just going to probably wrongfully give you facts that I assume what they are. So you go on. You give, you, no, no, you've you actually researched it. So. No, but say it anyway. It's... I was just going to say it was more the spread of Christianity over like pagan countries and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it depended on the time. It was. That's what that is true, but only when there was another purpose where they were like, we'd really like that bit of land. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, for people that don't know, even though everybody knows, like, right, started in the Middle Ages in Europe. That's where all the yeah. all the witch trials, all the witch hunts started. Much later, it came in the United States, the Salem witch trials. But witchcraft didn't start there. That is the witch trials and witch hunts started there. But the idea of witches. We, we don't know when that started because it probably started before there was any record of oh yeah of, of history there was a time when people lived like have you seen um but it was healers and stuff yeah like that, it was shamanism was... but but there were still like in they were still calling on spirits before there was any concept of Christianity as we know it there was still yeah, yeah. like have you seen Noah the 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 recent one yeah yeah Russell Crowe one no I haven't seen that yet yeah like in that to do a good job at like there's still like it's closer to like Lord of the Rings yeah where like there's still like shamans living in the mountains like and calling on spirits before there's any idea of a god oh yeah okay, yeah. so and you know and it was when you know if people wanted you know people would get a shaman to do a blessing to, to help their crops or whatever and you know suddenly crops grew better than they had last year it was because of the shaman Oh, yeah. And if suddenly they failed, it was because, because of the shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess that's when, like, they're they're witch hunts in in a sense. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. But it was just all commonplace. There was some. There wasn't really any association with evil or the devil at that point. If a shaman, like who practiced magic, ruined your crops, it was because he had a vendetta against you, or he was just a dick. <laughs> like there was no like he was in league with Satan that <laughs> comes much later like it wasn't until the Christian period that the, that the devil came to town because yeah. there was no devil the concept of a devil didn't exist before Christianity like it's specifically invented by Christians so before that how can a witch be a witch couldn't be evil before Christians came along <laughs> okay yeah yeah they were just sometimes they were a prick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and a witch was just a, like in a sense anything other than the Jewish religion was kind of witchcraft at some point. Yeah, yeah. But it took a lot, a long time for that idea to catch on. Because the, f- the funny thing is, when people look at how ridiculous and laughable the witch trials were in the Middle Ages and all the way through the 17th century, and like even the rare cases, like I was saying, from the 19th, the conclusion is always people were stupid back then. That's what we even said at the start of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yes, they, they certainly were stupid. But before, like, the Spanish Inquisition and all yeah. of that, the general consensus within the Christian church is that witchcraft wasn't real. Okay, yeah. And that those who... And even though there was people practicing and there was shamanisms, the consensus yeah, was... it was just they were wrong. 
not just that that they were stupid and that that's a really stupid thing to believe in and that yeah. they're just deluded mad people and they should be completely ignored which is kind of what we believe now yeah yeah <laughs> and yet still 50,000 people were killed throughout Europe for it and there was even like in AD like 430 uh, St. Augustine who was mentioned in the article we just read about them calling on them yeah. uh, he had this argument that only God could suspend the normal walls of the universe therefore anything a witch shaman or what have you claimed could not be believed so the church's official policy was that they were harmless and that remained the church's policy for 800 years. Okay. Yeah. Right. So when you think about that, 800 years, that was their policy. That means it's only been half that length of time since, since the last witch trials. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when people say, oh, it's because like, oh, back then people were stupid. Yeah. But back yeah. even before that, they people, were really smart. <laughs> but people had even a stronger opinion on it being stupid than we do now. A lot yeah. of people still like believe in tarot cards and check their star sign. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying we could, in a hundred years' time, we're going to have another mass witch trial. Or, <laughs> no, no. But I'm just saying, like, it's not necessarily just the people who are stupid. There's always stupid people. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, it's a perfect of storm of the right people in power and able to, like, create mass hysteria. In around 1200, the, there was a Christian group called the Cars in France. In French. French. <laughs> in France. <laughs> um, and this is kind of where it all gets its start, where they... Um, they actually think that they're they don't like the Roman the the Catholic Church, yeah, and consider them to be Satanists. And these cutters like they really believe the idea of a god and a devil and like a war in heaven and oh, okay. between heaven and hell. And they they think the Catholic Church are Satanists. That's what they really believe. So that's kind of the first Satanic well, right, okay. group is the, the Catholic Church. Ah, oh, that's really interesting. At least, well, according to the in their opinion, yeah, yeah. But that's how it all starts. Is just like one fucking stupid group's opinion against another. But yeah. the Catholic Church have a lot more power than the Catters, of course. So, <laughs> so um, I can't actually. I don't know what Pope. I think it was Innocent, I, but I don't know if he's pronounced. Yeah, it's Pope. I've only ever really seen him in writing. Yeah, Innocent the Third, he was Pope at the time, and he was like well we got more money and more power than you so <laughs> now you're satanists yeah and okay, so yeah. all of a sudden there's propaganda spread about yeah. the catters and he goes to war with them because he's also going oh yeah and plus we've got a thousand a few thousand soldiers <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i might um, as well do something with them and so and then the catholic church kind of just kept going <laughs> yeah but in the beliefs of the catters kind of just because they like they had so much success with that campaign it's like oh we're on to mm. something. It's and like, nowadays... You just see, like, some priest just, like... <laughs> for, like, a, a real rudimentary kind of PowerPoint presentation. It's like, and if you see here, numbers are up <laughs> since we went against the counters. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, donations have doubled, so I think we should continue this. Well, thing. we've learned people really like a villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Young males between 18 and 30. <laughs> Love a villain. <laughs> Give them a the villain. <laughs> um, that's really the good. worst thing about it is that's not like you know that's not too far off no she happened like because <laughs> like, i don't believe they're so powerful so because when you the funny thing is when you read about up on all these people all these former monks that wrote books about and stuff like this you know they didn't believe in this stuff they were sitting around they saw it as a scam yeah 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 
they had to. But it, and, and a scam that really worked. Like so now now we're in the 13th century, and for the first time we have a divide created by Christianity and the Catholic Church in particular. Yeah. Of those and the divide is those who follow Christ and God, yeah. and those who don't. Who are oh, okay, yeah, we're just Satanists. Everyone else, yeah. yeah. And then we have uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas. And this is probably like a hundred years later. I'm not too sure in the number somewhere between fifty and a hundred. Um, and he's a Catholic priest and a philosopher, like you yeah. said. All of these guys are, and he does a lot of writing about the idea of that whole good and evil war on earth. He, you know, basically pitched supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. And then he, he he exaggerates further on it and he talks about the idea that there's actual demons on earth leading people astray. Oh, okay. And yeah. so slowly the seeds are implanted for witches. Yeah. And the idea, I suppose the idea of possession is way older than that, but he kind of went with it. The idea of possession, yeah, but I guess this is a bit different than possession in that this isn't like a demon coming and taking control oh, of like you. The devil sitting on your shoulder. Kind yeah, of. more like like the devil with Jesus in the desert, like just like yeah, 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 come over to this side. Yeah, which I guess to them is a scarier idea because it's the fact that the, the human spirit can be beaten. Just it doesn't. Oh, okay, they don't yeah, need it's to not like full on possession. Yeah, because yeah, the possession is like they're it's a raping your body, like and yeah, you're control overtaken, of you. Yeah. Whereas. A demon sort of convinced you're led you. astray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's 13th century, and then again, skip uh, another hundred years. Well, more like 200. I actually do have a date for this. 1486. This is when the Hammer of the Witches is released. A lot of people call it the Witch's Hammer, but the Hammer of the Witches, or at least that's the English translation. Yeah. So, and this is a book that's written. You've heard it every. I think. Have you heard of that before? The Witch's Hammer or the Hammer of the Witches? No, actually. Okay really good well we'll get to it anyway so you know w- witches tend to be women at least that's the stereotype there was yeah. male witches and there was men executed of course but generally the focus always seemed to be on women and there's a re- reason for that just a bitter hatred of women by monks who <laughs> were probably just sore about the fact that they couldn't have sex but still had the, the urges well I suppose yeah, yeah no do you have another well, no, the not necessarily monks, but priests were allowed to marry up till a certain time. Oh, period, but that's why and I then say they changed it. Yeah, but that's why I say monks. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Because um, then priests would have written the book. Yeah, yeah, but it was monks that wrote it. This guy uh, Heinrich Kramer, he was a German friar or monk. He he wrote the Witch's Hammer, or like I don't know the translate the actual German name is Malleus. I'm gonna try that again. Malleus Malvacarum. A treatise on prosecuting witches, yeah. and so this book pretty much you know lists how to identify witches, how to uh, treat those under a witch's spell, methods of punishment, everything that would become a staple for future trials. And like to give you an example of <laughs> just where the guy's mind was, the first thing you should do, Shane, yeah, <laughs> if you want to identify, if you think you so your neighbor moves in, yeah. And you think, oh, she's acting a bit witchy. Yeah, she's too sexy. <laughs> That's at least I think where his mind is. What you should do to find out she's a witch is strip her naked. Oh, yeah, of course. And check her entire body for any marks that signify she's a witch, which are mo- any moles. Yeah. <laughs> and like there's specifics of like making sure you check under the butt cheeks and stuff. Really? Like, yeah, so like this just sounds like a... 
a horny monk who was frustrated. This one's a lucky Lou. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, you know, didn't like women because he couldn't have any or something. Like, so much of the future witch trials all yeah. depend on this book. And it's just written by a crazy guy who didn't like it. women. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, even when it, like, again, back to Christianity at the time, most of them still didn't believe in witches, thought it was stupid, were skeptical of the entire idea. And thought this guy was a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> of course. It was only... And even though already we had the, the war with the Catters and that whole yeah, time. Yeah. But, you know, that was... They were accused of being Satanists first. And then they turned yeah. it... And that was purely about... That was a political thing. You see, yeah. it, coincidentally, it only happened when there was a war. There was only Satanists whenever there was a war going on. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so, and the Catholic Church actually banned this book for the first few years, like, after it was published. And, but, you know, it still would eventually work its way into, like, the Renaissance period. It started being used in courts and contributed hugely to prosecution of witches. And then, in, like, the 1640s, Matthew Hopkins, who, uh, you know, uh, Witchfinder General? The, yeah. With the Vincent Price movie, that's what that's based on his life. Oh, um, have you ever seen that? No, no. Oh, it's a really good movie. One of Price's best. I need to watch more of Vincent Price. Yeah, I really like him. Like, he, he, nobody's going to say he makes the best movies ever. No, no, but, but like, Witchfinder General is like a proper. Actually, even there's a really funny. The director of Witchfinder General, he's just some young guy, and he he didn't want Vincent Price for it. <laughs> but they divorced it because like oh Vincent Price is huge and he had only directed like two little indie movies mm. before it and apparently like he just didn't like Vincent Price just because he was too popular and he made like cheesy B movies and all this yeah, yeah. and Vincent Price didn't like him too because he was a cocky little shit like <laughs> yeah. and apparently like they got into this huge fight one day where he just like was given out for how like stiff and just or how theatrical I guess Price was yeah, yeah. and Price just looked down at him and he's like, young man, I've made over 60 movies. How many have you made? And he just looked at Price and he went, two good ones. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Price actually fell off the chair laughing and almost broke his hip. Or fell off the horse laughing. Yeah, and hilarious. then they got on well after. <laughs> that's a really funny funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a bit of Vincent Price news for you. Just state of Johnny's brain. I love it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah, this uh, the guy Price played Matthew Hopkins. He was just he was just a lawyer from Essex, and he read the the witch's hammer or hammer of the witches, and yeah, he took it upon himself to go around Essex and England in general, like yeah. as a hired. Hand. He would come to town as a hired hand to find witches and execute them. <laughs> Fair enough. So complete. He, you know, this this guy didn't believe it. Like, he yeah, was yeah. He's making money. money. Off it, yeah. yeah, and there was a lot of when people didn't pay him. If he, if a town like thought this person was a witch, the agreement would be he'd get their house. Oh, so like, wow. yeah, and then he'd sell it. So this was just like a con. He, he's making serious money. Yeah, yeah. so he's going around going, who has the nicest house? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so he uh, he claimed. 500 executions wow he, now actually he probably did and it was probably direct and under 300 i've seen like <laughs> Still. oh yeah any more than like five because <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> the fact how much money did he make like you think that's like say he got 300 houses for that okay 
yeah. <laughs> how much money is that? That's or crazy. even like because they all might not have had houses, but like even you know they might have had some kind of property or gold or something. Even if you got yeah. a gold, like yeah, you'd you'd accumulate quite a bit of wealth going around killing hundreds of people. I mean, like, I have no idea where I'm going with this story. <laughs> because I'm just talking about, like, just, um, well, now, anyway, I guess the point I was getting at is that only now really has the sort of Christian versus witches come, like, so it, it's around the 6th or 17th century. Yeah, yeah. And so they've gone, like, almost a millennium. Or that would have been like this ridiculous. Okay, and, yeah. and only now does it arise. So just back to the this top of the show or top yeah. of this segment where Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily is because people were just stupid back then. I think it's because just wanted to make money. I think there's a lot there's I think there's as many stupid people around t- today as yeah, there yeah, was yeah. I suppose it. then I think it's just all dependent on what way smart people can use that to their advantage but it's like it's the same thing as like you know the onion come out with an article how many people spread around thinking it's real you know yeah. it's the same kind of thing i mean the 80s and early 90s look at the sort of satanic panic there yeah and uh they're what are they called again the three young fellas in oh the west memphis tree yeah 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 that that was crazy yeah yeah that's insane well the only thing the Salem Witch Trials, because we mentioned it, we talk about it very briefly, just because that is one where nobody really gained from that. Okay, that yeah. that was just that was like mass hysteria. Yeah, yeah. Because so the, for uh, every we won't spend long on this because everybody no, knows. But you see, you have you have those people who are doing it to make some kind of gains, and then there's the people who just buy it, who happen to be like a community leader, mm. and then they kind of drive their whole community into it, not realising it's a con. And that's where you get stuff like the Salem trials. And stuff. Well, with the Salem, it's a bit different in the, the idea with Salem. So Salem Witch Trials, 1692. And cause th- that was where they, people had kind of came to. These, these They had those the Puritan belief yeah. system and they yeah, came yeah. set up New England and everybody's going to live clean lives and all this. And really all that happened there was a bunch of young teenagers acted like young teenagers. Yeah, yeah, that's all that. Like they went out. They, like there was, what you would consider witchcraft in the people dancing around. Uh, what do you call it? A pot. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, cauldron. Cauldron. Yeah. Like there was that that image of what a witch is. Like that did actually happen in Salem. Yeah. And they were all dancing and they were caught, and they started blaming each other. They they pinned essentially depend on this woman. Can't remember her name. Started with a T too. She was like a an East Indian. She was a slave, and yeah. you know, obviously just brought like those their belief, the, her religion from back home. home oh, was yeah, just yeah. considered normal there, and she went out. I might be mixing some of this up with the Arthur Miller's play, um, The Crucible, which is a fictional account. So I'm going to be careful how I confuse. <laughs> with. But and they they essentially went out and done the little the things girls do at sleepovers now, where they like. Oh, write their lover's name and burn it in the pot or whatever like stand in front of the mayor and sh- say bloody mary three times <laughs> yeah but it was more like they were they done yeah. it in the vein that though that they were spells and it was to get the person they love and yeah, they did yeah. they, 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 like i think they did like throw a dead crow in there or whatever yeah but they sort of just got carried away with it and like one of them stripped naked and started dancing and then they were caught 
<laughs> and they said, oh, they blamed it on this, the, the black slave. Yeah. And then they trialed her, but, and she admitted it straight away. And she said, oh, that the, she said the devil made her do it and all this. And it was essentially, because if you admit it, you didn't get executed. Oh, yeah. Okay. But because she admitted she meant all the other girls just started to get out of trouble themselves, they just started accusing everybody in town as being witches. Oh, wow. And it just spread. And, like, a lot of people say, like, it's the Salem witch trials, but it wasn't actually, like, that originally happened in Salem. But once that happened all over Massachusetts, there was people being accused of witches. Like, if you were walking by, if you were lighting a fire and somebody walked by and just the fire blew a certain way, they're like, oh, they're a witch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it just spread, and like they had to, they had to set up a special court in Salem, where everybody was trialed, and like <laughs> when it was all said and done, like thirty-one were imprisoned because they admitted it. Eighteen yeah. women and one man had been killed, and like something like a hundred and sixty had been accused in total. <laughs> the one mad. man that was killed, he was a guy called Giles Corey. He was crushed to death. He was what? the only person in American history to be crushed to death but well by order of the court how did they do that um, I think just with rocks as in big rocks like literally rolling just piling them up uh, or rolling, rolling I think yeah I'm not actually sure but I don't <laughs> think it matters who's crushed it just makes me think of uh, your man's death and who framed Roger Rabbit yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. steamroller over him and he's just like ah, ah, ah. if he admitted <laughs> being a witch he would have just been put in prison but he, he, he was crushed to get a confession and his uh, last words was more weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, pretty good last words. That's badass. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Johnny? He he sounds like the sort of guy who would cut wood for business. Yeah. Well, he was probably <laughs> just as well. I thought he was like, I'm dead anyway. Like, not, at not that gone. point. I suppose add more weight is, yeah, get it over quick, would you? <laughs> or he was actually a witch. Yeah, maybe. I knew he'd come back. Maybe he wrote that book that ended uh. up in the National Library. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite possible. Um, like I don't know why we went into that as long. The satanic panic of I mean I don't want to. We shouldn't talk about stuff. We can talk about stuff that happened hundreds of years before that they were doing. But yeah, to skip ahead to the nineties is a bit. No, it's a bit extreme. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but the thing you were saying, like the, yeah, the West Memphis tree one, like that's no. The only difference is you couldn't. Well, I mean that could have very easily been the same because one of them was sentenced to death. Like yeah, yeah. so it's very similar. That, and that's great, like, because their one is even worse, where it's like, oh, he had Stephen King books. Yeah. And, <laughs> and listened and you, to and Metallica. He, yeah, yeah. He, he wore a black t-shirt. And yeah. He was always in a bad mood. <laughs> it's like, you mean he was a teenager? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah was... Have you seen the, the Paradise Lost documentaries to cover it? Um, I saw a documentary, and I can't remember which one it is now. There's one very recent one, West of Memphis, that's more about the investigation to get them exonerated which did they yeah. to, didn't even get pardoned they had a very weird they'd done the Alfred plea which is like where you oh they had to plead guilty didn't they yeah it's like where it's kind of like you plead guilty with the right to maintain your innocence I don't know it's yeah. like time served essentially is what they do that's, a, that's what they got basically was yeah. time served yeah. but they're still on the, like they're legally guilty yeah it's very weird but the trial the is covered throughout the paradise there's three paradise lost films the first one covers the first trial the second is the appeals and oh, the yeah. third covers what happened what, three years ago where they were actually freed yeah but and like watching that first trial like no no evidence is even 
Like there had to have like there is no way there had to have been evidence that made them look more guilty than what's displayed in those films. Oh yeah, but you don't see but it. But you don't see it. Like all they talk about is like the Stephen King books and Alistair Crowley and yeah, it's weird. Nice. Now I, I read the there's a book, um blanking on the name, Devil's Knot. And oh, in yeah. that to go a bit more into it, there's certain stuff for you. Yeah, like, eh, there's a weird thing with a whiskey bottle that was at the scene of the crime that wanted them. The guy that the, the guy that was borderline retarded actually said, like, gave a location and said he had thrown this whiskey bottle there and then they found it. And like, okay, it's odd that he knew that. That's not enough. To, <laughs> no, no, no. That's not enough to put people in prison on. No. But, yeah, like, that's just mental. But the satanic panic was the exact because there was this I don't know the name of the there was a book written where it was this psychologist and I think a woman that became his wife I think she was like his girlfriend at the time I can't remember her name let's say it was Mary this isn't the name of the book but if her name was Mary the book was called Mary Remembers okay and it was about under like hypnosis and stuff she relived all these experiences she had as a child yeah uh, being abused in this satanic cult. It's been completely outed in the last decade that it was all made up. Wow. But that book is kind of what set off that panic. And then all of a sudden, all these psychologists were... At one point, it was a study where of 3,000 kids interviewed, 20% of them yeah. talked about like being in a satanic cult. None of that was true. Like, but that's <laughs> right, okay, that yeah. panic spread, and then everybody was afraid of Satanists. The FBI oh, had yeah. a tax task force against Satanists, and... It was, it was all just, yeah. all made up. There's never been there's never been anybody convicted for a crimes committed within yeah. a satanic cult. Like it's never actually happened. That's crazy. <laughs> um, people still fear today. Like man, there's I've, one of my favorite pastimes is to go on like certain religious groups Facebook page and read the the conversations they're having. Uh, there's still people that believe abortion is a satanic that it's a conspiracy and abortions are actually satanic sacrifice performed by doctors like <laughs> i swear <laughs> i've seen it. um what whether you're pro or anti-abortion like i hope no, nobody no. listening to this thinks that yeah. um, would you like to hear about a mining disaster oh we have a mining disaster yeah we've had so many mining disasters i know yeah yeah that's um good. this is... really should do something about this i know you know we're, we're, we're gonna do a special i've I, I know a mine here in Ireland that we're going to do a special. We're going to do a tour of the mine and uh, do a special podcast on it and everything. We landed on another mining disaster. So just, if you remember the first one, I was reading it, loads of ones that were like, there was a lot of them yeah, over yeah. this time period of about two, three decades, like that there was a lot of them. But Can I just interrupt for a second, just so yeah. as people know, almost, I, I think every week we have seen a mine in disaster we just don't cover them every week that just uh, yeah, that's how many they haven't they necessarily fallen on the week we're doing or things that like yeah. there's definitely been one every year definitely. there's definitely been i think i've seen one most we and it might not have happened that week but it's still like talking about it relates yeah. to something i think most time though like we look and be like well that sounds the exact same as the last one or it's in the same yeah, town yeah. so it'll get too confusing i just want to emphasize how many there actually are that there's a lot of them um so th- this one is the Eccles mining disaster, um, and this is considered the th- one of the second largest mining disasters. Which is funny because Jensen Eccles was in a movie with a mining disaster. Oh really? That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's it's a different spelling anyway. Um, of Eccles. Uh, so this was 
um, on the 28th of April, actually, in 1914. And it was still, it, I found it in a newspaper article that was reported um, this week in mm-hmm. the news. But uh, so it was the Eccles Mine number no. five was opened in 1905 uh, and it served, uh, it was served by the Chesapeake, uh, Ohio and the Virginian Railways and it mined smokeless coal. Um, and you'll like this. It was owned by the New River Colliers Company. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. <laughs> right. uh, the mine shafts ran through coal and pockets of natural gas. Um, and at the time, some some mines had electricity, right. but a lot of them didn't. Or if they did have electric lights, it was more kind of at the entrance. So yeah, we went yeah, deeper yeah. then. They what they had to use was. Uh, a lot of them used uh, these helmet lamps and they burned calcium carbide to produce flammable uh, uh, acetylene, I think it's pronounced, or acetylene. Uh, acetylene, I'd say, actually. Yeah, the, um, so around 2.30pm on April 28th, 1914, there was a series of explosions that ripped through the mine and through the mine shafts. Um, later on, investigations show that the... Uh, uh, one of these lamps had ignited a pocket of gas, but then that caused other pockets of gas throughout the mine to explode. Right. It just like shook everything, created like flames going through, and they kept catching and catching and catching. So it was like a cascading explosion effect of all these gas pockets throughout the mine. Um, there was at least 180 dead. Uh, a cemetery uh, monument list lists 183 dead, and then there's a... a County County Coroner listed 186 dead. Uh, the disaster contributed to the banning of a uh, carbide carbide uh, acetylene lamps in coal mines, but this didn't take effect till 1932. Uh, this is 1914 we're talking about. Um, so during the Eccles mine disaster, it was considered the w- second worst in West Virginia mining history. And it was only second to what's known as the. Uh, oh, sorry, I skipped a bit there. Sorry, uh, the lamps are only stopped being used after the Maquia coal mining disaster in 1932, which killed 54 miners. And that was kind of like the icing on the cake that they finally banned these use of these type of lamps. Yeah. And stuff. Um, now back to the Eccles mining disaster. That was only, it's only been passed by. Uh, the, which is the worst mining disaster in all of US history which happened in 1907 and that was the Monaha or Monaga uh, mining disaster which claimed 362 lives um, anyway, I have a couple of facts on that one that was December 6th 1907 and again explosions uh, they couldn't determine what actually caused the explosions probably the lamps but this uh, that particular lamp or that particular mine, they had a lot of electric electric lights running through it. Uh, so investigations reckoned it was probably an electric spark, right? Rather than uh, from the carbide lamps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and this was coal. Uh, there was the mines was number six and number eight mines. Uh, the f- the official roll call that they could figure out showed three hundred and sixty seven men were down in the mines. Um. The official death toll was 362, but the mining companies back then didn't keep comprehensive records, so they actually don't know what the number was. 
um, and including in the numbers were a lot of children who worked in the mine. Right. <laughs> um, it was at 10.28 a.m. in the morning, explosion occurred and killed most of them almost instantly. Um, for the best. Yeah, yeah. The damage was so severe that it damaged like so many parts of the mines that even the explosions like came up to the surface and like blew loads of parts at the entrance and all this kind of stuff. Um and it was twenty five minutes before they could even start to attempt rescue. And the explosion, the result of the explosion and chemical reactions of the minerals and stuff created uh, loads and loads of carbon monoxide gas started building up all through the entrance and stuff so people were going in to kind of rescue and then they were passing out because they couldn't yeah. breathe and stuff so the maximum that people could stay in the shaft was about 15 minutes before they ran out of oxygen and all this they couldn't get people at all one man was rescued it was a Hungarian man named uh, John Tomko and the rest <laughs> died Does it like? and they're not sure of the exact number um, official investigations were done by Congress in 1910 and they claimed the explosion left 250 women widowed and over a thousand children fatherless. Wow. So that's... Uh, and that was the worst mining disaster in history. What, so. um, yeah, what state was that in? Um, that was West Virginia. So West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seems to be where they all are. Yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's it. That's all the facts I have, actually. That's it. We probably won't get through... The, the century without like having one every decade I imagine yeah no I until we get to like the 80s when we get to that one in um, Centralia yeah, or Centrally Pennsylvania where the one that's oh, still, burning still burning today <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that'll be like the last one yeah um, and then we'll get into the noughties and do the more recent one at the Chilean mine yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's actually yeah I meant where we yeah, have yeah, an American sorry. one oh sorry yeah. oh sorry yeah yeah yeah, we could do. I mean, geez, you, yeah, if you go worldwide, yeah, yeah. we actually then we probably would have. It's probably one every day. All of ours w- have been American. Yeah, they have actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, mining was nasty business. So do you want, do you want to finish up? Yeah. Do you have anything? You have a small um, few I just want to read one thing to you, just because this is a, a bit of because you you had a theory on. The, the guy in the museum. Let's see if you have a theory on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Siberia's wireless received by many operators. Mysterious calls. This is from the Ashburn Guardian on May the 6th. The mystery of the wireless calls from the Siberia is still unsolved. A Tokyo message states that the operator station claims to have received the distress signal. An American vessel also received a call whilst for 24 hours... The stations vainly tried to get in touch with the Siberia. The message was received on Saturday from Tokyo, stating that the Siberia, with 70 passengers on board and bound for Malaysia. No, that can't be right. That's nowhere. But that's what it says. Yeah. I think that could have been the texting assumed it's Malaysia. I don't think that's. Anyway. And sent repeated wireless calls for help, stating that she was off the shore. The following day, a message was received from the same place stating that the Siberia had arrived. The distress signal were not explained and it was feared that another vessel was involved. So basically they got like all these distress signals from the ship that was going down. Yeah. And then it arrived on its destination. It was like, sent nothing. 
<laughs> that wasn't us. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you think maybe a ghost ship? Maybe it was like a dead echo of a ship that went down a few years beforehand. <laughs> and its signal has still been sent there. <laughs> maybe. Wow. I just like... I, I, Did they pass through the Bermuda Triangle? By any that's, yeah. I, I looked up to try and see how close this was. To I wanted another mystery story. No. No? <laughs> no, nowhere near. <laughs> okay. It's the other side. Oh, right. But... Yeah, it's just funny that, that there was a time where that could happen so easily. Where but even no GPS tracking. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that a ship could have just went down because they there was some signal interference and they had pinpointed it to the wrong ship, like yeah, it's just very odd. But but it, did it keep identifying itself as the Siberia? That's the thing. yeah yeah. I think because what way would they have identified themselves? They have to identify the name of the ship. So, but I imagine was it just like um a coded message that was just like maybe it was just interference where because it wasn't their distress signal w- wouldn't that have just been like morris code it wouldn't have been or yeah. would it have been i don't know because it could have just been some, some interference that caused like one extra like beep yeah, that yeah. suddenly means a different oh, yeah. name like it was the cyber <laughs> just like an extraordinary coincidence where there was another ship that just had a very similar name and just because of what what way the signal was picked up. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because obviously it wasn't somebody, it wasn't somebody talking on radio because then they'd been able to identify no, no, of course not, exactly. No. So obviously, I'd say, yeah, a ship went down, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. Somebody just Or like it was up. a ship that was, you know, maybe it was carrying illegal cargo. So like the way they were getting... By, they were telling people they were, they were the Siberia. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And just that's whatever way it was coded. So when it went down, it was sending the message. It was a different ship. Like it was actually like drug uh, smugglers. Yeah, or yeah, that's more likely. Now I'm doing that bit like I don't know the mechanics of how they worked back then. So, oh, but I'll, I'll buy what you say. Yeah, I just <laughs> <laughs> like if I saw that in the movie, I would just accept it as fact. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't second question it. No, no, I go through life thinking that's exactly how it would happen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so that was some possible <laughs> news yeah. from 1914 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we're done that's it I don't think yeah. we're anything else so uh, yeah that's it from us this week uh, you can find us on twitter at YNT podcast we're also on facebook as yesterday's news today let us know the most important actual address is the one we never give out yesterday's news today at gmail.com if you oh, have yeah. anything of course yeah uh, we will see you in the future. Don't you mean the past? <laughs>